Well, welcome everybody to our uh, next installation of Lunch Hour with Renault. How are you doing today, Renault? Great. Super excited to be here. Really, really excited. It's going to be a good yeah. day. Today, uh, we are going to continue our conversation that we've been having uh, based on the vision of 2019 uh, here at Mosaic about uh, being people who are with Jesus through prayer. Mm -hmm and being people who go with Jesus uh, through evangelism. And so today, uh, we're gonna have a conversation around that together. Yeah, you know, I think um, part of why I'm so excited to be here today is because in our ongoing journey, as we've talked the last two weeks about being a gospel voice and then being a gospel presence, really at the end of the day, when we go out into that real world that is ours, our neighborhoods, our homes, our workplaces, our social networks, and we're, we're fully desiring to be a gospel voice and be a gospel presence in practicality. What does that really look like? And so I think for a lot of people, it's just a difficult thing to figure out what the real out, uh, living out of that looks like. We talked you know, two weeks ago about how you start a conversation or engage, but this is more like once, okay, here we are, we're, we're in our circles of influence. What do we do again? And today we really get to unpack that. And I'm really, really excited about that. How do we carry the gospel into these spaces in an effective way so that, we're, so that we are evangelists that are actually beneficial to the kingdom of God and to the gospel rather than, again, like we've said before, weird salespeople peddling the gospel? Right. How do we make the gospel uh, something that people experience and encounter because yeah. we are in their lives. Yeah, and I we're going to talk about that today. I think there have been so many negative connotations with evangelism because people have experienced uh, you know, people in a negative yep. way in that process. Yep. And so we want to figure out what does it look like to be a benefit to people around us and how do we do that actively. Before we jump into our conversation together, uh, we have some fun people uh, that have already joined us. We want to say hey to them. We've got Bridget Bailey with us. Jordan Greenwood with us, got Justin Neal, Gabe Forsyth, awesome. John and April Gill, uh, Leslie Aziz, uh, Penny Blanchett. So we've got a, a crew already. Great to have you guys in. with us. Yeah. Great to see you guys. So this Hope is going to be having a great lunch hour. It's going to be a fun conversation yeah. as we as we jump in. And so you know when we talk about being people who carry the gospel, um, we want to do that in a way that is a blessing. Um, you know, one of the things that I think about is the sermon series that you preached a few years ago, uh, this idea of carrying the gospel. Yeah. And you talked about um, active kindness. Uh, yeah. You talked about uh, active listening. You talked about active wondering and uh, finally active sharing. And so I think maybe that would be a great way to frame up this conversation today. Yeah. And I think, you know, for, for me, I actually went back and listened to that sermon series uh, maybe two months ago, because it was done a couple of years ago in a January sermon series. And I, th my, my thought was, if I would do the series again, would I do it the same way? Yeah. And after I listened to it, I'm like, I would do it exactly the same way. Because I do think that at the end of the day, nothing's changed in my mindset from years ago on how we carry the gospel. That ultimately, maybe we've learned some more over the years on how to do that better. But in those four categories, I would go back to that over and over again, that to be a gospel presence and to be a gospel voice simultaneously, not as two separate issues, requires this uh, clarity of how we are carriers of the light, right. carriers of the gospel. Right. And, and, uh, and I think those four categories give us the space to be able to say, in my dailiness, if I'm thinking about it in these four areas, this is how people are going to both experience and encounter the gospel through me in a way that is helpful to their experiencing the gospel. Because I do think it's not just the people that are actually trying to convert or sales people that, that make it uh, sometimes awkward or difficult. I think sometimes we do, but accidentally. Like I don't intend to make it difficult for my friends, but, but I just don't know how not to. And those four categories have been very helpful to me in each encounter I have to kind of discern what do I need to bring to the table here to make uh, the gospel beautiful for somebody. Awesome. Well, you know, um, when we think about making the gospel beautiful, I think one of the first things that I think about uh, is who Jesus was when he was on earth yep. and, and the way that he interacted with people who needed good news yeah. and just how kind he was yep. towards people. And yep. you did talk about 
you know, act of kindness in that series, carrying the gospel, and, and, and we see that modeled in the life of Jesus. So, we do. And, and I would say we see that modeled in the story of God from Genesis to Revelation, and then, of course, culminating in how Jesus lived. But, I, but, but what, I, what I loved about the idea of bringing kindness to the table as part of how we share the gospel, how we make the gospel known, is that um, kindness is not only a good strategy to help people feel like we are not just selling them something. Right. Kindness is actually the essence of the gospel. Uh, you know, the, I love that the scripture says God's kindness leads us to repentance. Yeah. I mean, what an amazing thing to write in scripture that, that what leads me to repentance and repentance really describing the, the moment where I both recognize my own depravity or sin and then bring that to the table to God and say, please, I need you. So repentance is that sort of whole capturing of, you know, uh, realizing who I am and ch changing. That that active moment of repentance, the Bible would say, you would think it would say, uh, God's revelation leads me to repentance. But but he says is God's kindness. And here's why. Because God's kindness includes his revelation. Right. God's kindness includes his his uh, uh, writing injustices. God's kindness includes his listening quietly to someone yeah. or engaging to someone's defense right. or all those things. And so the beginning point of carrying the gospel well is that we would be a kind people, yeah. a people in our workplace, in our neighborhood, in our home that are just kind yeah. to others. Why? Because random acts of kindness make people happy? No, because the gospel is kind. Yeah. God is kind and we represent him. Yeah, and so it really think, does start there. I think, too, like repentance is, is turning away from our old life, but it's also turning toward, toward God. God. Absolutely. And recognizing that God is kind leads people to turn toward him. And as followers of Jesus, you know, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 tells us that we are his ambassadors <laughs> as though Absolutely. God is making his appeal through us. And so when we are actively kind, yep. we are demonstrating to people who God is. That's right. And, and, and then I think what's beautiful about uh, making sure that that is an inc incredibly important component of carrying the light or carrying the gospel mm. is that we recognize that the reason we're kind is because the gospel is kind, because God is kind. But we also recognize that in that kindness, we produce then a space where people feel like we are both approachable and safe. Because I will tell you, as many of you know, if, if you've been out in the world at all trying to make known your faith, that the second you do, it's not only an, uh, a difficult space for you because you kind of suddenly feel into that. Uh, we're talking politics, religion, and yeah, what is it, money? Uh, other things you're not allowed to talk about. Um, and so uh, I think for people, when they first encounter us uh, and, or their first encounter of us is a sharing of our faith bef before we have any space for that, it can produce this, this person may not be approachable or may not be safe. But when they've experienced our kindness for a period of time, that gives the space for them to feel attached and safe with us. And I think, again, if, if the reason we're being kind is just to produce safety and, and, and accessibility, then we're being kind for the wrong reason. But in being kind for the right reason, it also produces uh, accessibility and safety, right. which lays the platform for stepping into a journey of spiritual conversation, sharing, right. or being a gospel voice. And that's why I think kindness matters so much. God's kindness led us to repentance. Yeah. And our kindness will, will create the space for other people to experience God and eventually lead to freedom. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that you know, when, we, when we invite people into a space of, of safety where... Oh. Um, you know, they, they recognize that our kindness towards them is genuinely because God has been kind to us and we're reciprocating that kindness to them. That begins to lead us into some conversations that can go deeper than how's the weather lately? Yep. Are you exactly. dealing with the cold? Okay. Or whatever that may be, yep. which in our cultural context, um, you know, that's usually how our conversations with neighbors go is yep. how's the weather, the, the surface level stuff. Or, yep. um, you know, you go to a, a, a party or, a, or an, you know, a gathering and it's like, so what do you do for work? And it's very, very surface level. But yep. when people recognize, you know, our kindness towards them um, and as we reciprocate God's, reciprocate God's kindness to us, 
it leads to some deeper conversations. Um, it does. You know, and, and, and so what does that begin to look yeah. like? And I, and I think one of the questions that uh, kind of started playing out in my mind as I, as I started asking, what does kindness look like? Because, mm-hmm. you know, this word, be kind, is sort of this, yeah. Um, there, there were two things that came to mind for me that, that specifically have been helpful to me. One, we always say, you know, affect random acts of kindness. And I kind of changed that in my mind to the idea of affect intentional acts of kindness. Random acts of kindness, I, I get what they're saying, is as you have opportunity, be kind. But what if we went into our home or our neighborhood or our workplace or our social networks and we actually put thought into beforehand, how can I do things in these spaces that will demonstrate kindness to these people? That's the kind of stuff where you buy a little gift for them or you come in with an extra this, or you bring donuts in the morning, or like those kinds of things. But here's the other space that's become really clear to me that we often don't think about being kind, and that's not so much to a specific person, but how we are experienced in a crowd. So for example, I use this all the time. When I'm at one of my kids' sports games, you know those parents that sit in the stands? So I'm at a Christian school sports game, and the parent is screaming at the ref. Yeah. And under his or her breath, like, what kind of a stupid... Now, I get it. They're not being unkind to any one person in the stands. But what is my experience of this person like? Yeah. Now, can I passionately say, come on now, ref. Uh, let's, let's keep watching with a smile on my face and be passionate. Yes. But when it starts getting unkind or in an office, when you're having a conversation with one person about another person... Are you being kind about that person or are you gossiping? Because remember, kindness isn't just what I do to the person in front of me for the sake of sharing the gospel. Right. It's who I am to the public space that's around me yeah. and how I talk about, deal with, engage about other people. Right. When somebody recognizes you tend to always lift people up, you tend to be someone that's positive, you tend to defend people even if you don't know them in an office space or a workspace or a neighborhood, you tend to shut gossip down and not add to it. These things tell the other people in that circle, this person's not talking about me negatively the next day. And that provides a safe space. That's exactly right. For relationships. So our kindness needs to be both private, one-on-one, and public. And that's how we represent the gospel through kindness. That's awesome. We've got uh, an awesome crew of people with us uh, this afternoon. So we've got um, Michelle with us, Steve, Debbie. What's up, guys? Kim, Lisa, Brittany, Carol. Lisa. That's Lauren. my sister, FYI. Lisa is, is uh, Renault's sister. Uh, let's see here. We've got Lynn Mon with us. We've got Allison Huang. We've got Natalie with us, Victoria with us, Antonio, one of our global hey partners guys. in Italy. Hello, Antonio. Antonio. How's it going in Italy? Hey, hey. We've got Retha. Uh, we've, got, uh, we've got lots of great, great friends uh, uh, with us today. So, um, yeah, it's, awesome. a, it's a great conversation. So if you're just joining us, um, one thing that's really important uh, for us to know today is that we're talking about evangelism. Yep. Um, and we're talking about what does it look like for us to carry the gospel um, and we've been talking about just being being kind and, and what that does in um, in the opportunities that we have to create a safe space uh, to begin gospel conversations with people. And so when we talk about beginning those gospel conversations with people, um, you know, we talk about uh, conversations, and that's that's by definition a two way interchange. That's right. right. And, and I think that that's also where the transition now takes place from being just a gospel presence to being a gospel voice. Right. So the, the next two that we're going to talk about, active listening and active wondering, is sort of the bridge. Uh, it is both gospel voice and a bit of gospel presence because it's not necessarily directly sharing, but it is, it is now starting to bridge toward the sharing. Right. You don't the relational en- That's right. You don't engage in active listening unless your intent is ultimately to have a conversation that's spiritual in nature and then eventually gospel, right? So the kindness lays the table just like God's kindness leads us to repentance because it includes everything else. But then once we have uh, a sense that the people around us know that we're kind. So remember, that's not just the person you've been kind to, but that's your public persona, that people that may not even know you recognize you as kind because of the way you deal in your spaces. So when they are uh, looking for someone to talk to, and I'm not just talking about like they have had a terrible day and they want to come and share their woes. You know what the funny thing is? Kind people 
other people gravitate toward kind people. Absolutely. And so if you know this person's kind and you sense that there's a safety with them, you'll end up at the lunch table with them or you'll yeah. end up in that conversation at the water cooler or in your neighborhood. You'll, you'll tend to start waving at them from your house and then eventually walk over and have a conversation. And so yeah. now suddenly we encounter this space where we've moved from either a intentional kindness or a public kindness and someone is engaging with us or we have a relationship with someone where I have found uh, a very powerful space in engaging with the gospel uh, in terms of conversation is just to start listening. Yeah. Because here, here's the trouble. I think we, especially Westerners in the Western culture, we already assume we know a bunch. I mean, right. just kind of the way we are. And it's right. not a totally bad thing because it makes us very confident and it drives us to generosity and stuff. But it is a bad thing when we are more interested in trying to help someone understand our point of view than yeah. we are understanding theirs. Well, and that brings up a really, really important point because, you know, when we talk about um, intentional listening, that, you know, in, intentional um, engaging with people in conversation, that that leads to an opportunity for the gospel. Um, you know, it is so important the way that we are having conversations with people, um, especially in public forums like social media, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and, and I think Leslie Aziz makes a great point. She says, I, I truly appreciate people who are uh, uh, disciplined to be kind on social media. Thank you, Leslie. And that's a great... I mean, me too. I appreciate that. That's a great point. And I think the key to kindness in social media, one, one, of, one of the skills that you need for that is the ability to just be the kind of person who can listen to someone else's opinion without feeling compelled to shove your opinion right back down their throat. And so, you know, when we get around an election year, it's, it's always shocking to me uh, to see people who are followers of Jesus, who love Jesus, rip one another apart on social yep. media uh, politically or yep. whether it's an issue and of the day. And that's, or that's another that one of those be. things where what I talked about, I think in our world we have to um, also keep that in mind, is our public uh, persona of kind or unkind mm -hmm. is now as much experienced on social media as anywhere. Oh. And so if we want to be a kind 100%. people, it has to translate into those spaces. Absolutely. And then it also then translates into as that becomes a part of our uh, carrying of the light of the gospel we then start engaging in active listening. And I, and I will tell you this, we, we use the word active listening specifically because listening and active listening are a little different to me. I tell my kids all the time, uh, you know, don't listen with these, listen with this. Uh, because if it's my, you know, I'll be talking to one of my teenagers and, and I'll say, look, look at me, please. I don't think you're listening. And they're like, I'm listening. And I'm like, yeah, you're listening with your ears, but I need you to listen with your mind. Active listening is that I am giving you my full attention and I am asking you questions about yourself. Yeah. That's what active listening is. I am asking you questions about you to give me the answers. Right. Are you with me? Yep. And so I will tell you a great starting point, and I do this all the time. And for those of you that know me or got to know me at some point, you know I've done this with you at some point is I legitimately in any new relationship, whether it's at a coffee table or I bump into someone and I've got a bit of time, I always start in the same place. I go, so... So what's your story? Yeah. And they go, what? I'm like, oh, what's your story? How did you get from birth to here? <laughs> and they're always like, what do you mean? Then they'll usually start, oddly enough, I was born in such and such a place, and they'll jump to like three weeks ago. And I'll go, no, hold on, hold on. Before you jump to three weeks ago, like, where did you grow up? What kind of a home did you grow up in? Like, what was your, people don't even know anymore how to answer a lot of these questions because yeah. they're, they're not often asked. And I will tell you, when we are actively engaged in listening to somebody's story, that is an act of kindness. So active kindness and active listening are essentially tied to the... That's by the right. Because yeah, absolutely. in our cultural context, actively asking someone about themselves for more than three minutes is an act of kindness. Yeah. Because people want to tell their stories. They don't feel seen. They don't feel heard. Right. And we give them that opportunity. And then here's the other advantage. Again, why, why do we actively listen, listen to people? Because God actively listens to us. Think about how many times David doesn't write, give ear to me, O Lord. Or uh, how many times, even in the New Testament, uh, there wasn't a clarity of Jesus listening and seeing someone's story, seeing yeah. beyond what everybody else was seeing. Right. I think God has made himself available to us. In fact, one of God's premises is come pray to me, come tell me stuff. And, and the irony is you always think, why would we pray to God? Because he already knows everything. But, but God wants us to know that our need to be heard, 
that he's available. Yeah, and I think there's also like a a healing oh, component yeah. to just sharing your story and sharing who you are Absolutely. and being being vulnerable with somebody that builds a relationship and builds a bond. And so that if I know that you've listened to me, like you've yep. taken the time yep. to hear my life experiences, to hear my story, to know who I am, to care enough to like stop me in my tracks as I'm hitting all the, the big picture facts. I was born here, I lived there, I moved here. But like, tell me a little bit more, tell me more. about yep. your story. Tell now I feel safe with you. That's now right. you've been kind to me. Yep. Now you've actively listened. And more than likely, uh, I I will open up a door into my not Absolutely. just my the facts of my life but my heart that's and right. and what those uh, circumstances and events in my life have done to who I am. That's right. That's right. And so now we know each other. Now now you have an opportunity to take it. Yeah. Uh, a step. The, the conversation is not me selling you anything because I'm already getting to know you. And I would also just say to those of you listening that active listening. Think of active listening just like active kindness as an ongoing experience. And so what I mean by that is this. This is not, again, an agenda item to check a box on sharing the gospel by saying, I took 10 minutes. I actively listened to my friend here by asking them their story. They told me their brief story. I filled in a few blanks. Now I've actively listened to them. Right. Active listening, actually, like one of the things I do now is when I've, when I've had a, an encounter with somebody and there were particular things that struck me about their story that they didn't... Uh, um, elaborate on, but I could tell they didn't elaborate because maybe it was, uh, you know, they talk about their childhood and they say very little. And I'm like, I wonder if there wasn't some things there. After I'm done with them and I walk away, I'll, I'll grab my notes, I'll put their name in and I'll jot down two or three things to follow up next time. Mm. And the next time I'm sitting with them or I bump into them, we, I pick up right where the story left off. And then I'll say something like, hey, last time we talked, you mentioned that you grew up with a single mom. Like, tell me about that. Like, was that hard? Was that... So what, what does it tell them? Holy smokes, this person yeah. not only listened to my story, yeah. but remembered my story, and now he's wanting to dig, or she's wanting to dig a little deeper into my story. How safe do you not feel about that? And so now you tiptoe right. into those waters. Well, and I think that, that that's why it's so important to actively engage in conversation with people, which is an art that we're beginning to lose in our culture. Yeah, absolutely. And Felicia, uh, who's with us, and hey, Felicia, it's good to be with you today. Um, she says, sitting with someone and actively listening takes intention. It does. Um, and so that's the active, you know, intentionality. She says, it's so hard when we have a little gadget in our pocket uh, that is uh, constantly wants our attention. It's so easy to say, I'm listening to you while I'm also looking on my phone Absolutely. the whole time. And or equally to that, Felicia, great point is I might not be looking at my gadget, but I'm thinking about my task list. So now I say to somebody, hey, what's your story at the water cooler? And they start into their story. And you can tell in my eyes, I'm like, oh, I was hoping for a three-minute story, not a 13-minute story. Right. So, so I say that to say this. We have to look for intentional moments, whether in the workplace or the neighborhood or whatever, where we can intentionally engage and create the space for active listening. Mm. So we have to think ahead. If I, if, if I know that uh, one of my coworkers always seems to go to the kitchen around lunchtime and make their lunch... Well, let me make sure that I'm going to have my lunch at the same time in the same kitchen with the same microwave. Right. And that's going to create 30 minutes of space. Yeah. Or my neighbor tends to be out in their garden, usually in the late afternoons. I'm going to go out in my garden in the late afternoon and make 30 minutes there. So to Felicia's point, active listening. You live in a, like a gardening community? <laughs> I don't know. We garden. <laughs> we garden. So, but the, the bottom line is that I think... Active listening isn't just something that's reactive. Mm -hmm. Like when someone starts talking, please listen actively. It's how am I going to create the room to engage in people's lives through active listening? And so this is what evangelism is all about. Are you praying about particular people in your life story that you'd like to share the gospel with? Well, if you're praying about them and praying for them, then engage with them over a period of time with acts of kindness and acts of listening right. so that you get to know their story. Right. This is how we begin a gospel conversation. That's what we're really talking about. Yeah, I think that's huge, and I think that that is a, a key skill in, in becoming someone who's a gospel presence but also a gospel voice, someone who can say, hey, let's sit down, let's have a chat together, no agenda, but like, I just want to know you. Yes. Um, and I, I want to know your story. Yes. Um, I think that is, it's huge. And, and remember, just as you say that, and then please, like this is the biggest thing, 
if we are actively kind and we actively listen so that we can share the gospel and see the person come to know Jesus, then we are not being the gospel in those two spaces. That is an agenda. Now, I know that sounds weird because we also need to realize as I'm doing those things, they do have the outcome of creating safety. But for your sake, my sake, the sake of the gospel and the sake of your friends you're sharing with, be kind because the gospel is kind. Listen because God listens. Right. We're and doing if this. If that's our motivation, people will, will experience that. If that's our motivation right. is just, I want to check this box so I can move forward in this conversation, um, people will know that too. That's like, right. Uh, my wife's on here and she just said, people will absolutely know if you don't really care. That's and, absolutely I mean, people right. will see through us in two flat seconds. And so the danger of us having conversations even like this, like this whole Facebook yep. Live concept that we're doing right now, the danger of us saying, hey, how can we be better at evangelism? Well, we need to actively, yeah. uh, you know, listen. We need to have active kindness. We need to actively uh, wonder. We need to actively share. The, okay, so there's the formula. Now we have the yeah. formula. Now we check and the now boxes. I'm going to go and I, I'm going to find a neighbor or a coworker and I'm going to practice this new tool I have in my tool belt on them. Like at the end of the day, none of this matters unless we're truly captivated by who God is. That's right. Truly captivated by the gospel. And that changes us to become more like our father. Right. I want to be kind because I am blown away by God's kindness. And, and I want to listen to you because God has seen me and right. listened to my heart. Right. And so, yes, do I want you to know the gospel? Yes, yeah. do I want you to know Jesus? If I didn't, then clearly it doesn't captivate me. Right. But I don't listen or I'm not kind because I want to get there. Yeah. I listen and I'm kind because I love you. Absolutely. And yes, in doing that, it will get us further down the road so, so I can share the, the gospel. Right, so. and that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's, a benefit, that's a result of authentic, like our, our relationship with God impacting us and then impacting other people. And that's why I think it's so important, like the reason why God gave this vision for this year, uh, for 2019, it has to start with a relationship with Jesus. That's right, that's right. And, and that's why prayer is such a valuable right. and important component of and, our and in awe of Jesus, right. uh, being captivated by what he's doing in our lives. That's right. And I, and I do think then, as we engage in kindness and listening, we engage in those things because we love people, because we want to be a gospel yep. voice and space for them. And so just, you know, just again, a reminder, you know, on active kindness, it's ultimately be intentional, not random. Do it privately uh, to one person or a person and do it publicly. When you're not doing it to a particular person, but you recognize people are watching you, are you presenting as a kind person or an unkind person? That's in your workplace, in conversations, at sports games, et cetera, et cetera. And then uh, active listening is ask people, what is your story? Dig into that story more and keep notes so that you can engage. And again, don't keep notes so they think you care. Keep notes because you do care, right? That's the difference. And then once you've engaged in being kind, and, and listening, remember that part of what we hold is we hold the greatest news on planet Earth. Right. And we want to lead people to encounter that great news and the one who's behind it. So now I have created a safe place for you. I have created an accessible space for you. I have made it clear to you that I care about you because I actually do, right? So hold that thought because yep. that's totally where we're going. Uh, Michelle Sanderson says, lay the groundwork of kindness, kindness and active listening in order to engage more deeply. Absolutely. And so this is where we're going with this. This is where we're going right? now. So, right. So gr- great point. Where do you go then? I've, I've been kind. I've been actively listening. Do I jump from active listening to now saying, I have something to share with you. Here's the gospel. Well, you could. <laughs> but yeah. what I have found to be incredibly effective in, again, leading people to their own personal encounter with Jesus and letting the gospel do its work is before I just launch into my sharing of my story now specific to the gospel, mm-hmm. I begin to direct my questions at somebody to, to, to challenge them to ask questions about themselves. Now, now let, me, let me point the difference out here. Active listening is me asking questions about them so that they share those answers with me, Right. Active wondering is me asking them to ask questions about themselves. Hmm. Do you see the difference? 
So I'm saying things like, have you ever wondered about, or do you ever find that you think about, or has it ever dawned, have you ever thought about this? Do you ever, those kinds of so questions. So active, active listening is, hey, help me understand your story. Yes. And active wondering is, can we ask some questions now that will help you understand, understand your, your story? story? That's exactly right. And some right. bigger questions that come That's from right. that. And that comes out of having listened to them because why? When I've actively listened, I'll know what I can actively wonder about with them. Right. Like if I'm just like randomly like, hey, can we actively wonder together, but I have no idea who you are and I've never been kind to you. It, it, it's going to come across like, oh, what's going on? But it is, listen, it is very natural in a conversation for a conversation to evolve into a togetherness, a sharing of conversation, a sharing of ideas. And the way you share ideas versus you giving your ideas or them giving theirs is in the space of wondering. Mm -hmm. I, watch, you know, I watch the life of Jesus, and it fascinates me how often Jesus, when he was on this planet, didn't sit down with the disciples or a crowd and just plain tell them a fact. He did that sometimes, don't get me wrong. But you know how often he told parables or stories? Yeah. And, and why would he do that? He would say, now let me tell you a little story. There was once this and then this happened. What he's doing is he's stirring up a people to actively engage in the questioning. Mm -hmm. Even when he would say things like, you've heard it said, mm -hmm. but I tell you the truth. Yeah. Instead of just saying, look, here's the way it is. He's saying, you have an opinion. Yeah, I've got an opinion. Let's. Let, I want to stir your thinking. It's a, it's just like what Jesus said with the disciples, and he said, "Hey, who do people say that that's, I am?" That's so right. So he starts kind of with a broad question, "What what's the word on the street about yeah. me?" And then he he said, "But who do you say I am?" And, and he said, then you ever wondered who right. I am? Ever wondered who I am? Then that. he goes, "Right, good wondering, Peter. Good yeah. job." Here's who I am. Here's who I am. And so yeah. you see this progression with God constantly bringing to us this space of wonder. And then you look at the whole word of God. Quite honestly, when you read from Genesis to Revelation, what is God doing all the time? He's revealing things to us that cause us to rethink the entire reality of what we observe. Yeah. And then that leads us into the space of engaging with God. So mm. um, I think we have to become very good at asking the kinds of questions that cause someone to think more about themselves. That's great. Than just asking them about themselves. Well, and I think it, and then it, it, it goes from wondering and having questions about myself to, okay, what about God? What about the big picture? What That's about right. the gospel? That's like, right. That's right. How does my story fit into the big story? That's right. right. That's right. So before we go there, though, uh, Josh Taylor just joined. What's up, Josh Taylor? Josh, what's up, buddy? Uh, Tanda also joined. Tanda. So Tanda is Renault's assistant. Tanda, he is, in fact, where he's supposed to be right now. I am. Which is a good thing. Which is a good thing. And so. that stuff that you sent me earlier that you asked me about, I'll call you after this meeting. <laughs> so uh, Tanda's got, waiting on some stuff. We got me. Ashley Tatum from Alabama with us. Um, so we got we got a fun crew with us today. Ashley, so. Alabama, when are you moving here? I'm I'm for real. I'm serious. <laughs> they do want to move here at some point. Very cool. You got to get down here. Very cool. And tell uh, your hubby I say hey. It looks like we've got Lanisha with us. So we've got we've got What's a fun up? crew with us today. So, um, so we're talking about you know this active wondering and and asking um, big questions about our own personal story. And I think that's huge. I think a lot of times, you know, when people consider you know, who God is and, and what the gospel is all about, there's often a disconnect between what is my story and the yep. things that I've experienced in this life and how does that connect to the big story of God and how do you begin to help people make those types of transitions yeah, so, in their mind? So this is now, and, and again, in, in, this, in this journey of sharing the gospel, um, each, each of these pieces are intricately connected um, and, and we'll see even toward the end of this discussion how intricately I think they're connected. We underestimate that, but um, if I have transitioned in conversation with someone, not necessarily in a single conversation, or maybe, but sometimes over a number of conversations, we are now in a state of, in some regularity, having conversations about what they wonder about us sometimes, or have you ever thought about yeah, these this? These are like deep, hard Th These are now some harder conversations. Yeah. Men, what was it like to grow up in, in that home? Have you ever wondered why that may have happened or how that may have happened? I am in those active wondering conversations. I do have the space to bring my wonderings to the table as well. So mm -hmm. I'm not yet bringing my full, but I can say things like, you You're know, not bringing I, answers to the I'm table. I'm not bringing right answers, now. but I am bringing, you know, 
I often wondered about that myself and yeah. really had to go on that journey. Yeah. Now, if they say, what did you find? Well, the, the, there's the there bridge to yeah. some act of sharing. Right. Um, but I can bring about like, man, when I was growing up, that question haunted me for years. And yeah. still some days I, I, I wonder about that. In that, what begins to then happen is as I'm bringing my personal story to the table, when we get into active sharing, active sharing has two components that I think are incredibly important. And oftentimes in our evangelistic tooling of some of the, the very helpful but sometimes systematic things that we did, we always had it broken out of this, your testimony, and then that was before you knew Jesus, after you knew Jesus, and then the gospel, right? Mm -hmm. And, and I, I, I think the idea behind that was right in this sense, that I would take my testimony and broaden it a bit, my story, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where I was born, what, what I grew up in, and ha uh, what my family was like, and what my years were like. But in that story, what you and I have to become very, um, uh, very familiar with. Yeah, like fluent. In. Fluent in is not just my story, but God's story in my story. Yeah, so where do those I'm, two things come And that's a yeah. wondering, right? Yeah. You know, when I was growing up, I often, we didn't go to church much, or we went to church all the time, whatever you You go, I often struggled with this. I often wondered about that. I often thought about that. But what I discovered eventually was that there was actually an entire story God had for me. Now I'm saying the word God in a conversation, I'm bringing it to the table, but what's the context of the conversation? It's an active sharing of personal stories right, and an right. active wondering. So instead of it sounding like, let me tell you about God, I am telling you about God, but you don't really feel like I'm trying to sell you anything because I'm not. I'm genuinely now sharing story. my story, right. but I'm always sharing my story as it should always be shared in context of God's story for me yeah. and through me. That's good. So now my active wondering starts transitioning to a, I'm sharing my story. I'm telling you about how some of those active wonderings I had, what some of them were, and how I discovered revelation, clarity, right. from some of the encounters I had either with other people that knew God or with the word itself, yeah. right? And then, and this is key with active sharing, this is the other components, so testimony or my story woven into God's story, but then at some point to, to bring gospel clarity, we have to be able to tell the gospel story. Yeah, and I think there's a wondering component that can ha that needs to happen that before telling the whole gospel story um, that includes just the big questions of life. Like, absolutely, I think there's a lot of people who um, maybe they have familiarity with God or the gospel or who Jesus claims to be, but there are some big questions, and and, and here's the proverbial like. Uh, why do good things, uh, or bad things rather, happen to good people? So this big question that's out there, there's all this bad stuff in the world, there's evil going on, and there's this God that claims to be good and love us. I don't see how those two reconcile, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so giving people the space to wonder in terms of their own story, but also giving people space to wonder in terms of the grand story, yeah. right? And, and this gets interesting now because, and I, and I do think one of the things in 2019 that we certainly intend at Mosaic to tool people up in is to have a clarity of how the revelation of scripture answers some of those questions. Because we are in a space today where what has changed from 30 years ago, 40 years ago to today is this. 30 or 40 years ago, maybe even 20, the big questions were how do you know the Bible's reliable? How do you know that archeology span fits with that? How do you know, uh, you know and, and we would have answers like, you know, uh, 66 books with 40 authors over 1,500 years and look at the congruency or whatever. Right. Which is now, true. It's all true. Right. But the questions that haunt people today are not so much those kinds of things, though they become important at some point in the conversation, but they're this. Just, uh, can you tell me, how come, how come the God you serve doesn't love this group of people? Or how come the God you serve uh, lets bad things happen to good people? Or how come tsunamis happen? Can't he stop that? And there are real answers when we understand the state of our world and our universe and the reality of God and what he says about those things that do answer those questions. And I think, I think you said something really important, and they're hitting on this in the chat too. So um, in order to be able to have the confidence to answer some of those types of questions, we have to be equipped That's right. to have those conversations, right. which means we have to have 
a level of fluency in the narrative and in the theology yeah. of the gospel Absolutely. in order to be able to wonder with people That's on right. that level. That's right. That's and right. and That's right. boldness and confidence to be able to actively share yes. comes out of a boldness and confidence yeah. because we're equipped That's right. and have wondered. I, I mean, I remember growing up, I grew up in a Christian school, and in, in my uh, environment growing up, if you questioned God in any way, questioned the Bible, why did this happen? Why is this this? Well, because that's what it says in the Bible. That was looked down on very much. That if you wondered, if you questioned, if you had any issue with, you know, um, what the text said or what what Christianity taught, that was almost looked as your 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 kind of a bad Christian yeah. or you're a, your faith is you're weak, heretical whatever. or yeah. you have weak faith or just yeah. any of those types of attitudes. And I think we need to um, redeem the idea of, of um, questioning. Yeah. Um, we should have a space that says, that's a great question. Do you remember the, the book that we studied? It was when I first came to Mosaic. It was, uh, it was Reaching for the Invisible God yeah, by yeah, Philip Yancey. Yeah, it's fantastic. And book. it's a great book. And if you want to read it, 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 what it does so well is it champions the idea of it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to say, I can't see God. He's invisible. And he hasn't spoken to me in an audible voice. I might have some doubts. Right? Yeah. And, and, and it's okay. okay. Or it's okay to observe the world and go, how come these things happen if God is all powerful? Yeah. And so to that point, I think when we talk about actively sharing the gospel, we have to understand the story of the gospel, which in the story app that I think we talked about as a great tool plays out really well. We have to understand the theology or doctrine of the gospel. That's more of what is the skeleton behind the gospel? What right. are words like uh, regenerated, justified, sanctified, glorified? What do these words mean? Right. Uh, and here's why we have to understand those things. Not only so we can share the gospel clearly, yeah. but also, and this is important, because those truths help us answer these bigger questions. Yeah. When we understand the state of the world, we understand what the gospel reveals about mm -hmm. us and the world and God. Yep. It actually, oddly enough, quite honestly, answers a lot of the questions about who does God love or not love? And who does, or why does God allow or not allow evil things or bad things? Or why do things happen? Those questions get answered sometimes before they even get asked if we articulate the gospel accurately totally. in both its doctrine and its story. Right. And when they're not answered directly, when we do answer them, what do they bring us right back to? See, this is why the gospel says this. Right. And this is why it matters that we understand so the gospel. It matters that we understand the gospel so, in clarity so we can share. So on that, uh, Josh Taylor, uh, who is one of the elders at our church, uh, he is starting an equipping class this week, and he is inviting anybody to join. So if this is interesting to you yeah. and you have the bandwidth to do this, uh, it's starting Tuesday at 630 here at Mosaic. And so uh, you can still sign up for That'd that. Awesome. Jump in. And his, his equipping classes. Um, why we believe what we believe. Yeah. And I think it's so important to have that foundation. And, and there's a lot of questions to be answered. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, and the gospel does provide uh, answers. Now, that doesn't mean that there are not hard things that we have to grapple with. No the, doubt. The gospel But they are things. legitimately answers to a lot of the questions. And, yeah. then, and then here's the other thing is I think just coming back to what we've said about the other things as well. Why are we actively sharing? Well, mm -hmm. obviously because it's uh, obedience to Christ and we carry the greatest news on planet Earth. Right. But just remember this. God actually actively shared with us yeah, the he truth. Did. He yeah. gave us his word. Yeah. He gave us his spirit and he sent Jesus. Jesus, Jesus yeah. actually came. He came to us. <laughs> and so, he is the way. And he, he is, is the way, the truth, the truth and the, the life. life. Yeah. So God did not stop at active kindness. God yeah. did not stop at active listening. Yeah. God did not stop at active wondering through his word. God did all of those things as a part of this act of sharing. All yeah, those things were good. components of sharing himself with us, right? So if God unapologetically reveals himself to us, then we should unapologetically reveal him to others. Yeah. And so active sharing is a must in this equation. And in a, in a uh, culture where that can sometimes be experienced as an agenda or awkward, that is undone if we do all of these things as a singular thought process, not um, as a means to an end or as separate individual things. Mm -hmm. And so when we understand the gospel narrative or the story, the gospel doctrine or the, the, the skeleton, then we can actively share both our story and the gospel story 
woven together. And in 2019, that's what we're going to work on equipping everybody to do yeah. well so that we can be a great gospel voice. Yeah, and ne next week we're going to jump into some of that content yeah, as well. So, so next week we're going to be talking a lot about the, the doctrine of the gospel and the narrative or the story of the gospel, what they actually are, how to articulate each part. We're going to look at the story app and talk about how that can be used in an effective manner. So next week on Facebook Live, that will really be very practical in the sharing part. Yeah. How do I actually share the gospel? But I, I did want to do one more thing before we close out, because when I was first doing this sermon series, Carrying the Light, um, a couple years ago. Carrying which, the gospel. Uh, carrying the gospel. Yeah. Okay. Um, the, uh, I was thinking about it from a visual standpoint, because one of the, the things that I felt uh, could be a, a pitfall in exactly what you said when we do this sequence thing is, well, which one comes first? Do I start with kindness or listening or wondering or sharing? And since we presented it in that order, that must be the order, right? So yeah. never actively listen until you've been actively kind or never actively share until you've actively listened. And I just want to tell you that's not actually in any way the intent of any of this. And here's why. One, sometimes you only play one piece of those four pieces in somebody's story. So you bump into somebody that you don't necessarily have a relationship with, but you end up in a sudden conversation that leaves you with the opportunity to share the actual gospel. But you've never been actively kind. You've never listened to their story, and you've never wondered with them. Right. But there it is. Well, then you actively share. Yeah. Sometimes you're kind, and that's the last time you see that person, and, and you never actually shared. In relationships that we have with people in brevity, we might only play one part. Totally. Now, here's where it gets tricky. If you have a long-term relationship with someone, someone you work with or someone in your neighborhood, and you say this, I've known them for 11 years, and I've been actively kind the full 11 years. Yeah. I'm going to argue uh, you're missing the boat. We can't do one of these things to a person for, for seven years and say, well, I'm, I'm only one part of it. When you have a long-term relationship, the idea is that all of these are a component of making the gospel known to them. Right. But the order in which they shape, I think of this way. So I've got four colors of Play-Doh over here. And let's, let's make each of these colors one of the four things we've talked about. We have active kindness. We're going to make it yellow. I like that. And then we have, I will put red because it's like a scary color. Um, we'll put active listening as blue because you like just to together and it's so fun. And then white is like we're starting to wonder. So like we're thinking about things. And then we have active sharing as the red. So if you've ever wondered... How does Renault's brain work? Now you know. Now you know. So here's how I think of it, right? Yeah. If we take active kindness and we know that it is deeply integrated into active listening. We mm -hmm. said that lis active listening is an act of kindness and vice versa. Right. These two kind of come together. So you can't see them as separate. They're more one. One plays into the other. One allows for the other. So you mm -hmm. smush them together like this. And what you end up with is this ball that says... Uh, we we, we kind of do both of these things. But the truth is when you're actively listening, that's what bridges the gap to wondering. So these two are intricately tied. But since active listening is also an act of kindness, there's, you can't really tell the difference between when one becomes the other. And then the reason that we end up sharing is because of these things, but often in active listening, you might share a little bit. Yeah. So sharing might play into some active listening or active, so that kind of ties in together. And when you me mesh all this together, when, when we talk about carrying the gospel into your circles of influence, your workspace, your social networks, here's actually how I think of it in, in my head. That's what it looks like. Yeah. So what that means is this, your job is to, is to be paying attention to the person or the people and the spirit of God. And sometimes as you are engaging in relationship, you do a little bit of active wondering right here, but it's kind of blended to some active listening, but you've also just shared up oh, there's the little red. You've shared a little something in there and that leads to an area of sharing, but then it plays right back into active wondering before you just share the whole thing. Yeah. And then there's a bit of kindness happening. Well, kindness is yellow. There's the yellow kindness. So, when someone experiences me for a month or two or three or five or a year or two, and you could theoretically say to them, tell me a little bit about Renault. They should say, well, he's, he's just been kind and, and yet he knows me, he's listened. I know some of him because he shared. He's also shared a lot about his faith, but yeah. in sharing about his faith, he just did it in a way that was so kind. And, right, and it, right. just, it all just wraps together. So that's what carrying the gospel looks like. Hmm. Actively kind, sharing, listening, wondering, kind, listening, sharing, wondering, actively, that's what it looks like. And when Beautiful. we do that, then it's not a system. 
it's not a strategy. Mm. It is making the gospel known by being a gospel presence mm. while being a gospel voice. That's great. Yeah, Michelle Sanderson says, yep, like cooking, a little of this, a dash of Boom. that. And I think that's totally right. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, when Jesus says, hey, you're salt, yeah. you're light. That's right. Like, you're a benefit. It's not your salt or light um, or you're a city on a hill. It, it, it's... It's kind of where all of these things yep, yep. At, at all times. And at the end of the day, Mosaic, um, if, if you call this church your home, if you love Jesus, our hope is that as people encounter us in our community, that that's what they get. They get a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And over time, we trust that the Holy Spirit is going to reveal himself to people through us, through our lives, as we are actively kind, as we actively listen as we actively wonder yep. and as we actively share who God is in our story. In our story. As we care gospel. about other stories. Yeah. And at so. the end of the day, like you said, Joel, if we do this, this is our job. This is our invitation. This is our calling, right? Our calling is not to have this result in somebody's fill in the blank. Right. If we do this, whatever a friend or a person or a coworker decides to experience, that's God's business. And that's the freedom I have. God just wants me to be these things and he will take care of the soul or the mind or the heart of another person. And if I'm these things, then guess what? Whether the person comes to know Jesus or not, will not change how much they love being in relationship with us and continue to experience the gospel. Yeah, someone asked the question, at what point you know, do you, the one who's receiving the gospel, begin the process of wondering, sharing, et cetera? Is there a period of being spiritually fed or spoken into? And, and I think at the end of the day, what Renault was just saying is the answer to that, that our job as people who know Jesus is to be this thing and to uh, be this presence in the world and to actively share in the way that God has given us the opportunity to. And then we trust the spirit of God to work in the life of people who are receiving it and how he, how he moves uh, you know, forward with them is his business. But our job in that story is it's, it's discipleship. It's and, and I would say this, just to give you one little piece of perhaps a space to discern is this. When you start engaging in active listening, for example, with someone, you've been kind to them, right. you start active listening and you can tell as you ask questions, they have no interest in having you know them, right? right? They're very hesitant. Well, yeah. then what do you do? You go back to active kindness for yeah. another six months, right. and then you re-engage in active yeah, listening. Yeah. Because for some people, there is a long journey of relational uh, connection because they have a lot to be afraid of. They've been hurt. Things yeah. have happened. Yeah. So I always try to discern, I'm going to step into these things as quickly as I think I can, yeah. and I'm going to step back from them when I find a struggle or a hostility yeah. in yeah. one area. And I'm just going to go back to another area for a while. And yeah. then people often ask me, at what point do I kind of bail? I've now tried to share 10 times with my friend and they haven't come to Jesus. And then I kind of go, you never bail. Right. You just become actively kind and active listening. Because remember, we are not doing this so someone will come to know Jesus, though, though we do want them to do that because of their freedom. We're doing this because we love them. Right. And so the question would be, when do I stop, do loving, stop loving them? Loving? And I'm like, yeah. never, n never. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I think that's a great place for us to, to leave that. Um, and, you know, as we continue to uh, figure it out this, this year, what does it look like for us to be with Jesus and to go with Jesus, um, to, to be people of prayer and people who share our faith? Uh, we're going to keep having conversations around this, and uh, I think it's going to be super helpful. So come join us next week. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, the story or the narrative of the, of the gospel and, and what exactly is that and how do you walk people through that. We'll be talking about the theology or the doctrine of the gospel and what exactly is that and Why how do matter? we understand yeah. that? Why does it matter? How do we walk people through that? And hopefully that will be really engaging opportunity. And hey, if this has been helpful uh, to you, I just encourage you uh, to consider this uh, something that you could share uh, with your friends um, who know Jesus. Um, perhaps consider uh, sharing this uh, on your social media as well and, and allowing people to be exposed to this conversation. Um, as you do share this, make sure that people understand that this is something for people who do know Jesus and, uh, and that will be a really helpful way to not share to, Not that. to hide it from those that don't, but the idea is we want to be equipped to be able to be actually salt and light. In other words, of benefit to the world 
and this is a part of how we equip. Yeah. So it's going to be great. Uh, so we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for being with us today. Absolutely. Great to have you guys. Great to be with you.